Heidi. <laughs> good morning, everybody. So good to have you out today on this beautiful, glorious Sunday morning. So good to have you here, whether you're here in the building or whether you're checking us out online. Super awesome to have you uh, with us. Hey, one more thing to let you know about. So on Christmas Day, uh, it's Christmas Day this year, as well as New Year's Day falls on a Sunday, but we are not on Christmas Day having an in-person service, but we are on New Year's Day having an in-person service. I feel like this is really confusing how I'm saying this, but I'll keep trucking ahead. On Christmas Day, there's going to be an online service, but not an in-person service. So um, if you just stay tuned to um, our, our website and to our communications, our newsletter, Facebook page, social media, Instagram, all that kind of stuff, you'll get all the information out there. But we're having on Christmas Day, there's going to be a 30-minute service that all the churches in our network, all six of our campuses are coming together on to make it happen with worship and teaching. There's going to be a really cool kid moment in there. And the idea is that you can at any point on your Christmas Day um, stream that video, and it's going to be a huge blessing for you. And here's the, another awesome part about this is that you actually get to be a part of that video. And so all of our campuses have been asked to make a short little video where we say Merry Christmas, or actually you don't have to say Merry Christmas, you just have to hoot and holler. I'm going to say on a, uh, Merry Christmas from CTK Ferndale, that's what I'm going to say. And uh, I'm going to get a video of myself, and if you don't want to be in this, now's the time to duck down, okay? But I've watched, um, I've watched the, so North Bay, uh, they did theirs last week as well. I think we might be the last one to do it, because I was supposed to do it last week and completely forgot. So we got to do this this morning, or I'm going to get a slap on the hand, all right? But, but uh, I think we should, like, one-up every other church that's done it. Yeah? Come on. So, so here's, what, here's what's going to happen, and this is going to be a part of the Christmas Day video that millions upon millions of people around the world are going to view. But I'm going to say from CTK Ferndale, Merry Christmas, and then you're going to get up and just hoot and holler and do all kinds of crazy stuff, okay? All right, you ready? Okay, I got to make sure the lighting is right. Fix your hair. Fix your, oh, you got to sit down. Sit down right now. And after I'm done... So it's going to go like this, okay? Practice. Like this. Merry Christmas from CTK Ferndale. And then you stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All they're going to see is Becky's face jumping up and down. But you're going to make some noise, okay? All right, you ready? Here we go. Okay. Let's get the right angle here. Oh, this, is, this is my bad side. Let's go this side over here. <laughs> okay. From CTK Ferndale, Merry Christmas! <laughs> wow, that was awesome! <laughs> so awesome. Well, there's some Christmas spirit in the room today. Love it. Okay, so if you want to see how crazy you look, uh, tune in on Christmas Day for that awesome service that you're going to be a part of. You get to see your face jumping up and down. It's going to be really good. Awesome. Uh, we started a new sermon series last week, a Christmas series um, called Encounter. We're looking at, okay, what does it look like to encounter, to encounter God? 
And all throughout the Christmas story, we see all these different men and women that are having these incredible God encounters. We see right at the very beginning, this old guy, Zachariah, he has this encounter with God in the temple um, through an angel, but making this promise that he, as a 90-plus-year-old guy, is going to have a child along with him and his, his wife, Elizabeth. Uh, we see the shepherds in the field encountering this crazy scene of angels in the heaven and, and Mary and Joseph, just one encounter after another. And in this series, rather than kind of jump around at all these different encounters, we're just hanging out with Mary and looking at how she encountered God through the whole um, Christmas story. Um, you could probably make a pretty solid argument that Mary is one of, if not the most famous women in all of history, um, as famous as women like Queen Elizabeth and Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa are. Mary's just around the world. She's, she's just very well known. Um, none of these other ladies can claim that they were there um, when Jesus was born. And not only when Jesus was born, Mary was one of the only people that was, was at both his birth and at his death. The Bible describes how she was there at the cross um, watching everything along with a couple other ladies that were also named Mary. But she's this extraordinary figure in history, and yet she was a broken sinner just like the rest of us. She was somebody who needed a savior, the rescuer that was growing inside of her womb. Mary needed that savior just as much as any of us do as well. And we started this, this series looking at, at Mary, and uh, this morning we're going to look at the title of this sermon this morning is The Blessing and Disruption of Encounter. The Blessing and the Disruption that comes with encountering God. It doesn't take long as a follower of Jesus before you discover that encountering God brings with it tremendous blessing. Just like we sang about this morning, unspeakable joy. There's this peace. There's this, this uh, he comes and he saves us. He delivers us from our sin, from guilt, from shame, all this. But alongside of the blessing, you may have noticed, usually comes some disruption. Disruption to our way of thinking, disruption to our way of living, disruption to our well-laid plans. Mary knew all about the blessing and disruption that comes with encountering God. And uh, in this morning, um, I want to revisit the story that we read last week where Mary encounters God through this angelic visit, and then we're going to unpack it a little bit more. So in Luke chapter 1, we read this. We read how the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And of course, that's not typical to have someone come to you out of nowhere. Um, no introductions, no, hey, my name is Gabriel. This is going to seem a little bit strange, but I have some news for you. Nothing, it's just greetings, Favored woman, the Lord is with you. And so the Bible says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. The angel goes on to tell Mary, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And then the angel goes on to give some good news about how she's going to give birth to a son. The son's going to be holy. He's going to be the son, called the son of the most high God. And Mary responds, how can this happen? I am a virgin. A great question to be asking in this moment. And the Bible goes on to say that the angel um, gives her an answer that, that most people would make, would, would hear this answer and go, I don't know if that really helps the situation. I don't know if that really helps how I'm feeling right now in this moment. The angel says, the Holy Spirit, this is how it's going to happen, will come upon you. 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The angel goes on to explain how this baby is, is going to be a very special child. And then, of course, Mary responds to this disturbing, disruptive, joy-filled news saying, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Mary, you're going to have a baby who's going to be the long-awaited Messiah. That's the blessing of encounter. Mary, you're going to have a baby. That's the disruption of encounter. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but a lot of the blessings in life also bring with them these disruptions to our lives. We talked a little bit about this. We did a series on this where we really dove into this in the, in the spring. But you, you have disruptions that will often accompany blessings in life. So I remember the very first time, my very first car, um, I think I've told you guys here before, but my very first car was a Nissan 300ZX, or as I grew up calling it in Canada, a Nissan 300ZX. But uh, my very first car, I remember driving it off the parking lot. We had to drive, I lived in this little tiny town in the middle of nowhere, BC, and we had to drive about 10 hours to get to the, the lot where this car was. And I remember driving it off the lot and just feeling like, I'd arrived. I was a 16-year-old kid, just got my license. I felt the blessing of that moment, newfound freedom, just drive wherever. Just felt like I'd arrived. Well, not more than probably nine or 10 hours actually on the drive home, all of a sudden the car started to act really weird. It turns out that the clutch, it was a standard, the clutch was gone. And it was a used, it was new to me, but it was a used car. So um, I'd, I'd forked over 1500 bucks to buy this car, working part-time. The clutch was going to be another 1000 bucks. I didn't really have the money for all that. But here's this massive disruption in the middle of this blessing. And of course, if you have a vehicle, you know that they are a blessing. But at the same time, they bring a lot of disruptions. A lot of disruptions. Um, the Christmas season is, of course, full of a lot of blessing. You have the joy of the season. You have moments this morning where you come in here and you just see the lights and, and, and we're singing these, these Christmas songs and there's just this magical moment, if you want to call it that. There's all the blessing of it. There's, there's the, the good times and the good laughs with friends and family, all that stuff. But as you know, there is also disruptions that come with the Christmas season. Your bank account is disrupted with all this extra spending in this high inflationary environment that we live in today. Um, for some, family and friends aren't the blessing of Christmas. They fall under the category of the disruptions of Christmas. Um, and then there's all the extra stress of the season that disrupts that inner peace and calm that you had going into November, and then it's just, poof, it's gone. And if that doesn't disrupt your inner peace and calm, having to listen to I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus one more time, <laughs> you're going to just erupt. But for many people, the, dis the disruption of the holidays has, has actually gotten to the point where it's so disruptive, they aren't actually even fans of Christmas anymore. They're just like, this season, if I can just like get through the season. I'm just, it's, it's all about survival. I've got to make it through 2022. But of all the blessings in life that also bring with them disruptions, I don't think anything both blesses and disrupts like having children. Um, if it isn't at the top, it is definitely in the top three, okay? 
And, and children coming into your life, of course, they're, they're this huge blessing um, for me outside of Jesus and Becky. My five beautiful children are by far the biggest blessing in my life. Um, they bring me so much joy, so much love. I'm so, 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 so proud of each of my five kids growing into these amazing, beautiful young men and women. Makes me so proud. But then there is nothing that disrupts your well-ordered life like having kids. For Becky, I mean, literally, her whole entire body was disrupted <laughs> as these babies inside of her grow, and then they, they pop out, and it's goodbye sleeping through the night, although Becky would argue that that was only a disruption for her uh, and not for me. They disrupt your sleep. They disrupt your days off, disrupt your bank account, disrupt your peace, disrupt your quiet. Everything. Ooh, that was powerful. Everything changes. <laughs> Everything changes when you have kids. Everything. And, and so here's Mary. She encounters God through this angelic visitation. And the, the events that followed, there was this tremendous blessing, but there was also this tremendous disruption that happened in her life. By the way, Mary wasn't the first person in the Bible that experienced both the blessing of encountering God and the disruption of encountering God. There's Noah. God shows up. The Bible doesn't speak a whole lot about his, his life other than to say that he was blameless before God. He's got this, whatever his life looked like, it probably was pretty normal, whatever. God shows up, says, hey, by the way, you're going to spend the next 100 years building an ark. When you're finished, the whole world is going to flood and be covered with water. When the flood is over, it's just going to be you and your family. The entire way of living that you, you've known is going to completely change. Just a wee bit of disruption. Then Moses, he, he encounters the presence of God. There's this burning bush that he, God is in the fire. What a blessing. I, I can't imagine the overwhelming sense of just God is there in the fire. You're, you're hearing him speak. And if you've ever heard God speak, there's usually this, it, it's this, this, this full of love, joy, flooding your soul with peace. It's amazing, the voice of God. But then his, his peaceful, tranquil way of living is disrupted as God tells him, hey, Moses, you're going to go to the most powerful man in the world, and you're going to start making demands of the most powerful man in the world who, who might just want to kill you. And what's going to happen is he's going to let the Israelites go, and then you're going to lead them for the next, for the rest of your life, you're going to lead them as you wander around the desert, and they are going to whine and complain, that's going to be your life. Blessing, but massive disruption. But I don't know if anybody embodies this tension that there is between blessing and disruption, like this young teenager, probably between the ages of 13 and 15 years old, named Mary. She has this, the tremendous blessing of being told she's going to have a child, not just any child. The child that she was going to have was the Messiah, who her people had been waiting hundreds of years for. But then there's the, the disruption. You know, the first disruption is probably the awkward conversation that she has to have with her fiancé, Joseph. You know, imagine how, how that must have went. Uh, hey, Joseph, so yesterday I was going through my, my Snapchat account and, you know, like doing my nails. Yeah, well, this angel named Gabriel showed up. We had a little conversation, and I'm pregnant. You know, a little bit of a disruption probably happened there in that relationship. Then, of course, there's the very real possibility that in that culture um, where 
getting pregnant outside of wedlock was, was potentially punishable by death, that she might lose her life. Then on top of that, there's all the ridicule that she's facing from family and friends, her community, this devoutly religious community. There, there would have been sneers, condescending headshakes, gossip behind her back. Mary encounters God, and with the encounter comes both blessing and disruption. She has her plans of how her life is going to go. Lovely engagement to Joseph, beautiful marriage, beautiful family, grow old together, get a puppy and some kittens, a white picket fence, I don't know. But then God comes along and disrupts those plans. He says, you're going to have a baby as a virgin. Then when that baby's born, you're going to actually have to flee your homeland and live as a foreign refugee in another country because the king of the land that you live in is going to want to kill that baby. Completely disrupts her life. And, and, and goes on to say a little bit of a different place around the birth of Jesus. There was this prophetic word to Mary that a sword is going to pierce her soul, which would actually turn out to be a prophetic word about how that baby that she was going to have was going to actually die a horrific death being crucified on a cross. God blesses in this encounter, but there is significant disruption. Something that we, we all need to understand about God is that God's plans for me will often disrupt my plans for me. God's plans for me will often disrupt my plans for me. I think my future is going to look one way. Meanwhile, God's plan is that it's going to actually look a completely different way. And when this happens, if you've ever been here before, when this happens, we have all the reasons why God's plan, God's ways aren't going to work. Mary's first response is, God, all this stuff about me having a baby, it sounds good, and all that kind of stuff, but there's one little problem, God. I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. Uh, virgins don't have babies. God comes to us in an encounter. Could be one that maybe happens on a Sunday morning. You just encounter God. Maybe you're having a, some time with, with, with God in your devotions, and he, you encounter Him. Maybe you're at a, a retreat, like a go camp or a women's retreat. Maybe it's just completely out of nowhere. We encounter Him. It's a tremendous blessing, but then there's the disruption. He tells us that He's leading us somewhere that's going to be maybe uncomfortable. And like Mary, we have all the reasons why this thing that he's doing, this, this different direction or whatever, we have all the different reasons why it's not going to work. God, I can't step into that ministry role or that leadership role because I'm not smart enough. I'm not charismatic enough. God, I can't explain to my friends in high school why I believe in you because I can't speak clearly enough. I don't know enough. I'm just going to fumble over my words. God, I can't live generously with my time and with my resources because I'm just too sinking busy. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough resources to give. When God disrupts our plans and we in turn offer all these different reasons why we don't think it's going to work, guess what? God is never surprised by the reasons we give. He's never surprised. Never surprised. There's nothing in the Bible about the angel saying to Mary— I don't read it anywhere where the, the angel says, wait, Mary, you're, you're a virgin? Uh, we, had, sorry, we apologize, Mary. This was a massive oversight. I have no idea what happened here. Uh, scratching my head on this one, Mary. I'm going to have to go up 
talk to God, talk to the big guy upstairs, and say, hey, we need to do a better job of planning, um, laying out the plans, because, Mary, I, we had no idea whatsoever. God never says to us, oh, you're not charismatic enough? You've made mistakes in your past? You're broke? I had no idea. You completely caught me off guard with that one. He doesn't. He's never surprised by the reasons we give for, for his disruptions. He's never surprised. Why? Because he already knows about every single one of them. He already knew when he sent that angel Gabriel to Mary, he knew that she was a virgin. He wasn't surprised. He knows, he knows most of the reasons we give are maybe even true. He knows Mary's a virgin. He knows that, humanly speaking, it is impossible for her to give birth to a baby. He knows that, that, that if he needs to, though, he can work through a virgin to birth the Savior of the world. He can work through a stuttering old man named Moses to lead his people through the Promised Land. He can work through a lady named Esther who's full of fear to go and face and confront the king. When you encounter God, it will disrupt your plans, and he already knows every single reason that you're going to give to convince him that it's a bad idea. He knows every single one. But when we look at all the reasons why the disruptions shouldn't work, when we say yes anyway, the disruption to our way of living will actually turn into a tremendous blessing. The angel comes to Mary, and, and I just love what he calls, calls her. Highly favored. Highly favored. The favor of God, that speaks to the blessing of God on your life. It is the goodness and the love and the mercy of God. It's, it speaks to life and life to the full. That is the favor of God. And the angel comes to Mary and says, you're favored. She's called favored, despite the reality of her life about to be completely turned upside down. The angel says, you're favored. The disruptions in your life just might be the sign of God's favor in your life. They just might be. Well, how are they a sign of God's favor? I look at, at my the disruptions. I look at where my life is at. And I look at everything that's going on. How in the world could that possibly be the favor of God? Let me just give you a few ways that, that the disruptions in your life that, that come from that encounter, that they could be a, the blessing in the favor of God. Their favor and that they're they, they have the potential to move you to a new level of faith. They can move you to a new level of faith. You know, living in America, a country that you could, you could argue is, is one of the safest, wealthiest countries on the planet, you know, our lives can get so manageable that we don't even really need to have faith. We just, we just do our thing and and just keep going through our day. We, just, we manage everything, manage all the details. We've got lots of control to the point where we don't even really need to have a lot of faith. We don't need to have encounters with God. We don't need more of his presence because we can just get by fine all on our own. But disruptions can come along and change that in a hurry. They lead us to depend on God like we've never had to depend on him before. Another way that disruptions can be a sign of God's favor is disruptions our favor, and that they move us to worship. They move us to worship. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to spend a little bit more time on the, the, the song that Mary sang that came out of the encounter with God. But, but one of the lines in this song that she sings, it's just filled with worship. And she sings, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. 
Remember, she is singing this from a place of knowing that her life is going to be completely flipped upside down. And yet in that place, she worships God. It's amazing how disruptions, they come to our lives and they help reprioritize our lives around what matters most. And nothing matters more in this life than keeping Jesus at the center of our lives. Nothing. When we have him sitting on the throne of our hearts, that's the place to be. And all of us have these, these moments, maybe even seasons, where life just hits us and we get going through life and maybe we, we experience some pain and some heartache and, and we, we allow God to kind of, we, 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 without even knowing, we push him off the throne of our hearts and something else or somebody else comes on the throne. It could be a career, it could be your ambitions, could be a person, could be sin, could, could even be swapping a relationship with Jesus out for religiosity, a religious lifestyle where you're, you're just not experiencing the presence of God. You're just experiencing religion. You have a form of godliness, but you don't have the, the power and the presence of God in your life. And disruptions, they have a way of bringing us back to worship, back to Jesus being on the throne of our hearts, back to a place where we're, we're actually longing for more of him. We actually want more of his presence in our lives. We, we desire him. Disruptions do that. You see, what, what's sometimes really hard for us, um, particularly in the Western world, where individualism is just such a big deal, individualism reigns supreme, what, what sometimes is, is hard for us is having an, an encounter with God where we recognize that he is king, he is Lord. He is above all. He's at the center, and we're not. We're not. And, and he will, will sometimes bring disruption to our, our life of personal peace, our life of, of personal affluence. And the blessing of that is that we realize that life isn't ultimately about me. It's not. My life is, is ultimately about him. It's ultimately about his name being lifted high through my life. It's ultimately about his kingdom, not my kingdom, coming to this world. Disruptions will move us there. Which leads to one, one more blessing of disruption, and that's that disruption moves us into a place of really knowing God. Really knowing God. Mary's life is turned upside down. As a result, God literally shows up in her life in a way that we will never experience. She gives birth to God. Jesus, fully, fully human, fully God. She watches him grow up. She sees him as this 12-year-old in the temple talking just all this deep stuff with the religious leaders. She watches him grow up and become this carpenter and learn the trade. And then she sees him, him as a 30-year-old go off and serve people and heal people. She has God show up, and she gets to know God in a way that, that, that we never will. But disruption, it can lead to intimate friendship with God. Intimate friendship. And question for you, do you, do you want to have religion where you know religion, or do you want to know God? Because it's different. Knowing religion, knowing all about Christianity, and, and really knowing God and who He is, it, it's different. Too many Christians are okay with simply knowing about the Christian religion. We know all about the morality of the Christian faith. But that's different than actually knowing 
God and who he is. Just knowing all about the faith, all about doctrine. Maybe you're here this morning, you can quote verse after verse after verse after verse, but you don't really know God. There, it's different. You know, it's kind of like if all you know about is the, just the stuff, you don't have this vibrant relationship with Jesus. It's kind of like if you were to buy a brand new Ferrari, a brand new Lamborghini, pick your vehicle of choice, and the first thing you do is you crack open that glove compartment, you reach in, you grab the, the manual for that car, and you spend the next two weeks, two months, years, just diving into that manual. You really get to know all about that Ferrari. You learn all about how to turn on the, 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 the heat in the seats. I know nothing about Ferraris, by the way, so I could be totally wrong. You learn all about how to, like, how to maintain this thing. You learn about all the cool little things you can do, about the speed that you should be going at, how to slow down, whatever it takes. You, you learn all that stuff, but you actually never get behind the wheel of the Ferrari and take it for a spin yourself. That's the difference between knowing all about the Christian faith. Maybe you grew up in church. You, you Sunday after Sunday of hearing someone like me on a stage tell you about the faith. Maybe your parents told you about the faith teachers, whatever, but you know all about it, but you don't have this abiding relationship with Jesus where you know him and you're encountering him on the regular. It's different. And disruptions in our lives will move us into a place where we get to know him. Jesus didn't say that following the, the morality of the Bible was life. He said, this is the way to have eternal life, to know you the only true God in Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. That's life. That's life. So what's the, the proper way to respond to the blessing and the disruption that can come with encountering God? Mary just gives us this beautiful picture of what the proper response is. And it's, it's actually, it can be really hard, but it's very simple. It's faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. She says, I am the Lord's servant. In other words, I'm not the, the center of the universe. It's not about me. No, I am, Lord, I'm your servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Faith and obedience. It's this simple posture of trust. God, I don't know the, the full extent of how following you, how doing whatever it is that you're asking me to do, I don't know the full extent of how obeying you is going to change my life and disrupt my, my rhythms and my routines and how I just have always done things. How, I don't know how it's going to disrupt my thinking. I don't, I don't know all that, but God, I trust you, and therefore, I follow and obey you. I follow and obey you. Could God be leading you to do something that's impossible in your own strength? Yes. He does it all the time. And the right response is faith and obedience. Could he be calling you to do something that, that might look foolish in the eyes of the world? Absolutely yes. The right response is, is to anchor yourself in trust. To not anchor yourself in fear. Because a lot of times when God asks you and leads you a certain way, the, the first thing is, 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 the first response is the same thing that happened with Mary. She, right, up, right off the bat, she was afraid. She was disturbed, the Bible says. And it's, it's easy to anchor there in fear. But when, when you anchor there, fear will cause you to say no to the good thing that God is leading you into. It'll cause you to say no. 
Whereas the right response, faith and obedience, just like we see in Mary, it will lead you to a yes to the good thing that God's doing. That's where it's going to lead you. You know, I've shared this story a, a number of times in our church, but um, it's probably about 14 years ago where um, Becky and I were in a place in life in a church that we were pastoring, um, associate pastoring in, and we knew that God, we were encountering God in this season, and we knew that there was going to be massive disruption coming our way. We just knew it. We didn't know what was next, but we knew there was going to be massive change, that our time at this church was going to be done, and that God had something else for us. And uh, we actually came to a place where we felt like uh, we'd been looking for other opportunities, and nothing was really opening up. And so we felt like, we felt like God was saying, take a step of faith. Resign with nothing to go to. Who does that? Nobody does that. It's not, it's not super smart way to, to do things. You know, the, the smart way to do things is, is to get the whole plan in place and, and then move on. But we felt like God was saying, no, I want you to just take a step of faith and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the doors. Um, in that season, we had actually kind of two roads in front, of, in front of us. One was to resign with nothing to go to. And then there was this other opportunity that came up with this, um, a church plant actually up in Vancouver and just being a part of this church plant. But we both felt very strongly um, that God was saying, that, that's not what I want you to do. I just want you to take a step of faith and I'm going to open something else up. Well, if you've heard the story before, you know that that journey for us went a completely different direction than I thought God was going to take it. I thought when we took that step of faith um, that I was the, uh, a pastoral position was going to come along. I felt, still felt at that moment like that was what God had for me. I did have some questions and was wondering, but it didn't go that way at all. There was all these doors that would open, and then they would just completely shut. And uh, eventually, I actually ended up kind of moving away from being in vocational ministry as a paid pastor and got a job in a, in a sawmill way up in northern BC. And in that season, there was just all kinds of questioning. God, what in the world is going on here? This is not how this was supposed to go. God, when you asked me to take that step of faith and to move on with nothing else to go to, God, this was not what I had in mind. I had something completely different in mind. And I remember in that season just going, okay, this is just absolute disaster. I, I mean, the turmoil that was going on inside of me and back was, was huge. I just thought I'd completely failed God. I thought that, that this, the mistakes and the failures of my life, um, just this whole wrong picture of God, I felt like, okay, he must be like punishing me or something. Completely began to see God in a, just the wrong light in a way that isn't even true of who God, God is. But, but in that, God kept speaking and we kept encountering God and and. There, there was moments where we'd go without hearing his voice, but then all of a sudden he would show up. I remember one time we were in this worship service, just we dragged our heels in there. We had four kids at the time. They were all under the age of eight, and we were just miserable. But we, we got ourselves to this church service, and I remember being there, and this, this song came on, or didn't come on, they started to sing. But the song was called the Desert Song, and there's this line in this song, where it says, all my life, in every, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to worship. Boom, Encount we encountered God. I mean, like tears streaming down our faces. God sh shows up. 
blessing. But the disruption in the middle of that. And I, I question, okay, God, are you in this? I had a really small picture of God, thinking that, if, that I could somehow mess up my life too much for him to somehow come and redeem. Such a wrong picture of who our God is and how he works. But he came along and he continued to work and eventually the, the disruption, looking back now, we go, wow, what, what a tremendous blessing. I mean, I would literally, we would, we would not be here. I don't know what would be happening in our lives if we had just continued to stay where we were and had decided, okay, we're, gonna, we're not going to take the step of faith. We're going we're gonna to play it safe. We're going to play it comfortable. I don't, I don't know. Could God, have, if I decided to go that way, could God work in that situation? I absolutely believe, yes, he can. He's a, just so you know, he's a very big God. Stars, sun, planets. You, you get the picture, right? He'll take whatever. Mistakes, failures. But when you come to that place and we have this moment on this journey where we just said, okay, God, we're going to stop questioning. We're going to stop trying to figure things out. And honestly, Becky was there way before I was. I tend to overthink everything, just to make everything so much more complex. It drives her crazy, if we're being honest today. But, <laughs> but eventually came to this place of going, okay, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to trust I'm going to keep following you. My life is not going to be about a career. It's not going to be about whatever I think it should be about. God, I'm going to make my life about you, you being the center. In fact, had this moment where it's just like, God came along and said, Rich, it doesn't matter what else happens in your life. If you stay here in this place for the rest of your life, it is going to be 100% okay because, Rich, you have me. You have me. And I don't know what kind of disruptions that you have going on in your life. I don't know if they're disruptions that are, are disruptions maybe that God is causing. Some, you know, some disruptions are God comes in, there's just the, the disruption that happens like we see with Mary. You know, God was a big part of the disruption. Some disruptions happen in our life simply because we live in a broken world. That in itself is going to be cause for disruptions. Sometimes the disruptions that happen in our lives are because of habitual sin, that we're just, we're living in sin. We just, stuff is disrupting all the time. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. But God does, and, and he can take whatever that disruption is that's happening in your life, be it something that he is sovereignly orchestrating or something that's there because of just the broken, whatever. We don't have to figure it all, all out. But what God is asking us to, to do today is, is just to say, God, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is happening or why it isn't happening like this way. But God, I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to choose to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to choose to make you the center of my life. God, I want you more than anything else. And when you do that, he will begin to work in ways in your, in your life that will surprise you, which will be good. How bad do you want to encounter God? I don't have to answer this out loud this morning, but how bad do you want to encounter God in your life? So is, is, it, is it so much that you're going, okay, I want not only the blessing, but if it's going to bring disruption, God, I, I, want to, I want to encounter you. God, I want to follow you. God, I don't want to just, I don't want to just settle for the instruction manual version of Christianity. God, I want to, 
I want to know you deeply, God, whatever that looks like. I want you to work not only in my life, but God, I want you to work through my life. God, I want to see your kingdom come through me to my family, to my, my coworkers, to the, my fellow students in my school. God, work through my life. How bad do you want to encounter God this morning? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much. God, for the way that you show up in our lives with just tremendous blessing. God, I thank you so much for the, the way you speak to us, the way you move in us. Lord, we could go around this room, God, and share story after story, Lord, of encounters that have happened with you where we, we just could tell of the blessing that has happened because of that. But God, there's also the, the disruption that can come with that. And God, sometimes that, that can, can throw us back, can take us back a step because we weren't expecting that, that things would be disrupted so much. God, maybe there's somebody in this room that put their faith and trust in you and had no idea that following you would actually turn their whole world upside down. They'd lose relationships. They'd lose friendships. God, this, there's a disruption that's come. God, maybe the situation is different than that. God, maybe someone has, has followed your leading and guiding and, and they're just so sure, God, that this is what you wanted them to do. But God, as they, as they said yes to you, it brought disruption that they just were not expecting. God, I don't know what the, what the blessing and disruption looks like in people's lives today, but God, I pray, Jesus, that, that God, you would help us to, to, to follow the example of Mary here who could have stayed in a place of fear, who could have stayed in a place of, of just flat-out disobedience, saying, no, not me, I don't want to do that. That's just way too much. That's too much disruption. That's too much change. God, help us to follow this example where she just, she said, I'm your servant. May everything that you have said to me, everything that you're going to do in me, everything that you're going to do through me, may it happen just as you have said. Father, help us have that level of faith. God, help us to have that level of trust. God, would you, would you this morning, God, I pray that, God, you would increase our faith. God, for that person that's having a hard time going there in the middle of all that's happening in their life, Father, would you increase their faith today? Would you, would you, would you help them, God, just to say yes to you, to trust you? God, even if that's just faith like a mustard seed, God, help them to, to trust you and to, to be anchored in that place. God, not based off of their circumstances or who they are, but based off of who you are and how big you are. And Father, I, I want to ask God that, Lord, um, you would just move in our lives. God, speak to us, lead us. God, for that person that's having a hard time saying yes to you, God, I, I just want to ask, God, that you would help them to say yes with faith and trust in you. God, thank you so much for this time that we've had together today. And I thank you so much that, God, you want to encounter us. You want to meet with us. And God, may we just be the kind of people that say yes to you, no matter what that looks like. Help us, I pray. In your name, and everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Amen. Hey, um, as we close our time together this morning, maybe you're here this morning and you just want someone to pray with you. You're in a, maybe you're in a challenging place and you don't know what's going on and you're having a really hard time going to faith and trust. Um, 
I, I encourage you, you, before you leave today, to get some prayer. If you're online, go to prayer.ctk.church, and someone will fill, fill out that, that section in the website, and someone will reach out and pray for you. But if you need prayer for anything, I'm, I'm kicking around here. Um, approach somebody and just, just uh, let them know, hey, I need some prayer. Maybe tap your friend's shoulder that you, you're here with or a family member. Just say, hey, I need someone to pray for me. And we believe that God will meet you in that place. He will meet you in that place. Um, we're going to close off our time together by singing one more song. So why don't you stand this morning? And uh, as we sing this song, we're going to give you an opportunity to give back to God. Um, he has blessed us so, so much. And this is an opportunity to say yes to God with how he's blessed you and just to follow him that way. So as the bucket goes down your row, um, if, if you're a guest, just let it go right on past you. But let's sing this song out with everything we have. God bless. Have an awesome day.